0: Hey there, it's Susan and you are on the roadmap to 50k. You know I'm building a brand new store on Shopify and I'm sharing the details, but today I'm taking you behind the scenes because I want to share somebody really special with you. This woman has pretty much single-handedly built an amazing team to solve all of her production problems. And they now produce more than 20,000 toys a year for her very specialized toy business. So buckle up, you're going to love this story. I'll see you on the inside. Welcome to the roadmap to 50k on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast-track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So, buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Well, hello again. I am so glad to have you back with me, and I'm so excited to share uh, my special guest with you. Some of you will know her if you are Inner Circle members, and if you have been following the roadmap to 50K, you will know Isabella. She is a founding member of the Inner Circle. Recently, we talked on the roadmap about how she's helping me produce the socks for Sock Doggo. But today, I want you to hear her story because it's pretty amazing. You know, she started her business really uh, as a maker. She's a very creative, talented, designs, toys, was a maker. And I want you to hear how she's been able to scale that right up. So now that she's the facilitator, the designer, and she's been able to create a network that creates more than 20,000 toys for her business every year, and she's able to ship them all over the world. So enough of me talking, Isabella. Say hi to everyone. Tell them about Baby Moss and what you do there. Hi, Susan. Hi, everyone. Uh, Where to
1: start? Well, um, I don't know. I, I think I am what you could call an accidental entrepreneur. I didn't mean for this to happen. I didn't mean to create actually a business. It started more like a hobby and then it became more and more uh, you know, important and I got more and more involved. So yes, as, as Susan, you said, I am um, a maker. I used to do a lot of crafts and crochet and knitting and sewing and a lot of things uh, when I was younger. Um, and then I had this very, very difficult pregnancy where I was uh, bed jailed. I don't call it bed rest. I call it bed jailed for like uh, a little bit over six months when I wasn't able to move from my bed and like, you know, all the stress about the baby, about my health, baby's health. Is it going to happen? It's not going to happen and so on and so on. So in order to uh, keep my sanity and just you know keep busy i started doing all those things and of course because i was pregnant and expecting a, a baby i started doing stuff for kids and that included a few of the toys which became later uh the first designs of of bebemos so uh i needed and i crocheted so much during that time that i ended up uh you know with a whole collection or maybe two <laughs> After the after the end of this pregnancy, which which I have to say ended up very well, I, I had a very healthy uh, baby boy on time, uh, and everything went perfect. So it was just a happy ending. And um, the idea came from my husband actually, who said, "You know, uh, what are you going to do with all that stuff? I mean, you're not going to use it for our son. It's like way too much." Um, and I was like, yeah, well, I don't know. Well, let's, let's give it to, to somebody. Let's donate it or something like that. And he said, you know, why don't you sell it online? I was like, well, okay, that's a that's a great idea. I mean, why not? I'm, a, you know, a new mom. Uh, it was my second uh, child at the time. I wasn't going to go back to work, to corporate life or anything. So I was like, yeah, okay, that's cool. It's a nice way to... You know, keep it easy a little bit and, and you know, not just be a mom. Have yeah. something to
0: care about. Some fun and pay for your habit.
1: Yeah, and, <laughs> and make a little money if ever. Yeah. That was the idea. So I opened a Netsy store. Like many of of the crafters out there, uh, an Etsy front, and stuff started to sell, and people started requesting more and more and more and more. And I, I you know, with two kids and a new newborn, it wasn't easy. So I was like, mm, okay, this looks like, you know, it has
0: some traction. Let's let's try it. Let's try. Why not? Okay, I uh, have to so... interrupt you for one minute mm-hmm. because I just realized that we haven't told everybody out where you live. Oh,
1: (laughs) yeah. So I am a French expat and I live in Istanbul, Turkey. In Turkey? uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I settled here maybe 15 years ago uh, and I married a Turkish guy and we have a family here and a life uh, over here.
0: Right. (laughs) So when you decided to sell on Etsy... You were uh, located in Istanbul. And were you selling to uh, a mostly American audience, a worldwide audience? Who, who was buying your toys? Uh, Etsy was mostly the U.S. We'll you. Uh, people were buying from the U.S.
1: And also, you know, U.S., Canada and, and Europe mm-hmm. are those countries which are more prone to appreciate handmade and crafts uh, more than any other countries, I believe so it was easier to start over
0: there. Oh, that's perfect. Okay, so now, fast forward, you have a little Etsy business, you, are, you have uh, two children, one is a newborn, and you are still madly crocheting and knitting yeah. toys. Then what happened? Well, then I started not sleeping anymore <laughs> or
1: not having time to do anything. Like, I would breastfeed and crochet at the same time. Uh, it was a nightmare, and on top of that, people started contacting me for possible wholesale orders. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) how how am I going to do that? I mean, I need some help. I need some hands. And I need to, I mean, if this is going to become a business, we need to scale this. There's no
0: way I can do it by myself. Yeah. You can't be crocheting, feeding a baby and figuring out how to sell more. It's No, impossible.
1: Impossible because there's this many hours in one day and you have two hands and this is this much you can do. That's it. You
0: have to scale somehow. uh, So you made the decision to just, just uh, figure it out. This is, I mean, I've known you for years. This is your MO. You just figure it out. So tell (laughs) everybody what you did because you've grown this amazing production team and there are going to be a lot of people that are like, Oh, I need to do that. So tell everyone how you did it. So I mean, I just jumped
1: head first. I was like, yeah, okay, why not? Let's scale this, (laughs) you know, because it's that easy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, in my very naive way, I said, okay, I'm just going to put an ad on an online website, which which would be like the local equivalent of the Craigslist because it's free and let's see what comes out of it. So I put this ad saying like, oh, hi, if you're a mom like me and you would like to, uh, you know, make a little extra living out of your hobby, come and, and join my team. And I added my mobile phone number and stuff. And this ad went live. And the first week I had like, I don't know, maybe 500 calls. Oh, Isabella. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> it was, you have changed your number? <laughs> it, no, I, 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 I took the ad down because I just couldn't. I had to like pose and think. I was like, what the hell is going on? There is something going on in here. And of course, you know, I'm an expat. I have a privileged life. Yeah. And I was not aware enough that there were a lot of mothers uh, not able to make a living and work in this country. It's not easy for moms to find regular jobs and and so on and so on. So a lot of the women are excluded from the working uh, force, uh, actually. Um, But like husbands would call for their wives saying like, oh, my
0: wife would love to do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and women were were calling and so on. And I was like, okay. So I started digging a little bit. And and this is where I actually came to the realization that there is a need in this country, uh, that there is a need to create some kind of flexible work opportunities for those women. And that there is a lot of women who are ready to do that on top of a lot of women knowing the craft itself. 500 calls in a week. Ah. I shut down the ads. Uh, and there was one caller. Uh, her name is Zeynep. And she's my partner now uh, who called me saying, listen, I owe a yarn store and we have already a small organized team of five or six women. You have to come out here to meet us. Her store is located um, like, a little bit more than half an hour drive on the outskirts in Istan- of Istanbul in a not so nice area. <laughs> uh, but I decided to go. And uh, it, it's, it's also the beginning of an amazing friendship. Uh, you know, Zeynep is, is a covered woman. is a religious she Turkish is. woman. Yes. Uh, but she's also the most open-minded person I know. And I wasn't expecting her to become my friend. You know, we, right. we are very close right now, and our families are close, and we're we're uh, business partners and and best friends. So, uh, so it, it was for me. It was a bit stepping out of my comfort zone, like Wait. totally out of my <laughs> comfort zone. <laughs> uh, so, anyhow, I made the trip over there. It's, it was a nice yarn store. All the women came, and we started. We, we, we sat down and we, we did some crochet and, and automatically there I knew that this is something which was going to happen uh, because there was this energy because there was this um, I don't know how would you call it not a calling I don't know we shared something between us which made me feel all warm inside Ah and I said even this though-
0: you are from France and you are not uh, exactly covered. So you, of course, you don't wear a head covering. A no, I
1: don't. And I, but I do speak Turkish. I that do helps. speak Turkish. So that's an advantage. Yeah. We were able to, to communicate. But still, there was a connection there. You know, we were all moms. We were crocheting. We were talking about yarn. We were talking about colors. We were talking about models and styles and, and so on and so on. So there was some some electricity, some magical moments in there. And this is where I really knew that I want to do this. I want to have a company. I want to work with women. And, uh, you know, let's just do it. The rest will figure
0: it out. Yes. (laughs) So that's when you decided, okay, I can do this because I found, uh, I found Zenib who can connect me with people that I don't have to vet.
1: Exactly. And, and they were already organized. So, it kind of, the flow started and it started building itself, you know, one step at a time. So I was there, I designed, I had the materials, she had the knowledge and she had the crew and she was able already to communicate with them. So the the process was kind of building itself,
0: which was really nice. So that was a great start for you, but then you needed a lot more toys, Well, yes, and we had a lot more people coming and
1: banging our doors saying, oh, "Oh, I want to join.
0: (laughs) Oh, so so work got out in the community that you were providing these jobs. Exactly. Well,
1: her yarn store is in this outskirt of Istanbul, and we started in this store. I didn't rent a space. I didn't have the means, and I was just starting. I had a few sales, but not enough to go and pay a rent or anything. You know, so we started inside of the store. So, of course, all the local customers who would come and see us working all together. Oh, what are you working on? Are you selling those? Can we join? And so on and so on. So there was this double pressure, actually. One was, of course, I needed, you know, more women to produce more toys to be able to sell more. But I needed also to find more clients to hire more women.
0: (laughs) I feel like um, something shifted In you and I think it wasn't long after I met you that something shifted from uh, your mission being to uh, sell more toys and particularly, you know, overcome a lot of the struggles with with the Turkish business to actually sell in the United States and be recognized as a US company. I know that was a big job for you. But I feel like somewhere along the line, it shifted from my real job is to make sure I provide an income for these women that just keep coming.
1: Yeah, actually, for me, that realization came a bit later on. You know, when you, when you start a business, you keep like you put your head down and you go, you go, you go, you go, you go. One more thing, one more step, one more achievement, one more thing. So there was a long period of time where like we grew, we grew, we grew, we rented this first space we had more clients, uh, we started wholesaling and so on and so on. And then the, the hardship hits, you know, you know, every small business has those moments where there is difficulty, where the weather sucks, where you have to drive, where your car breaks down, where your kids are sick and, 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 and you're like, okay, I'm done. Done. I had that moment <laughs> where I was like, I'm done. I'm going to just stop it. I am tired. I'm not making enough money. I'm working like crazy. Uh, is it worth it? Uh, and so on and so on. And and, and again, uh, my husband was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to tell me that on Monday morning you will go face all your women and you will tell them that you're done? Yeah. And this is, This is where it hit me, actually, where I was like, oh, I can't do that. I remember this. And then I was like, okay. So now, now, and I felt so responsible and I felt, I mean, it was just not possible. So put on my big girl pants and we went in again. And uh, this is where I... Created the company in the. I registered the company in the US, and it, that was a big shift for us as well, because yeah. we were we are not anymore the small company out of Istanbul, Turkey, where like people are like, where, yeah. where from? Yeah, yeah. We are a US business. Yeah. Uh, so. And are you
0: selling on Etsy still, or are you not, just selling on Shopify? No,
1: no I left Etsy. I left Etsy the moment actually Etsy Wholesale stopped. Okay. I, ne- I was never very successful on Etsy. I couldn't master those algorithms yeah. and, and so on. It, it was very difficult for me. Etsy Wholesale was really good for us. We did a lot of clients and and a lot of those clients are still our clients today. But when Etsy Wholesale stopped, I just with Etsy and I opened Shopify and this is where I meet you and Inner Circle because I needed to learn how to navigate, you know, the uh, e-commerce and Shopify. When you decided
0: there was no way your conscience was going to let you quit, even though it was too hard, even though you were spending way more hours than you wanted to, even though uh, you weren't making really a profit yet, you weren't at that stage even though you're driving all over Istanbul in your car with bags of yarn and your three kids, when you decided you couldn't quit, what changed? I mean, I I feel like you probably, your mission changed in that you knew that your your second job was to make sure you kept the sales coming. Does that, is that how it was?
1: Uh, I think it was more of a reala- realization that the business part of it of course, is important because that's what makes the machine yeah. going. But my purpose is not the business and it's not the profits. That my purpose is actually work with those women, empower those women. And, and I'm feeding out of their joy, out of the fact that, you know, I am so much richer than any money could give me yes. because they're bringing me so much. Because of their different cultures, because of their different experiences because because of all of this and because we are uh, we're connecting in so many levels, and it's so universal it's unbelievable and this is what drives me and this is what makes me happy and I at age I was like what thirty nine at the time, I found my purpose, and it was the first
0: time I felt like that about the job I was doing and so, here's what I love about that is that, yes, you found your purpose and and when you really found your purpose, that's when things really, really started happening in your business. When yep. I think about your uh, some of the things that you've accomplished, like going to I think it was Geneva mm-hmm. with, yeah, you are now fair trade certified. yeah, you have your own workshop. you're not all. Uh, and a bigger uh, one now, and yes. Can. And you know, I know, I know that you are taking some paycheck. You're probably mm-hmm. still not taking as much as you want, or you should. Uh, but I feel like uh, because you changed the mission of the business, it changed everything for you. Like it, and so many good things came from that. So tell me what's happened since that uh, night that you were laying in bed saying, "I gotta quit." <laughs>
1: well I didn't quit I know (laughs) Uh, yeah I came up with a plan and I said okay I'm gonna give myself another year and I'm gonna do my best to make this happen within a year and I fixed some goals and you know some of them Hmm. you know the the sales the 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 traffic the websites and, and and so on one thing at a time and they did happen. We worked hard, and they did happen.
0: Yeah, did I mean, happen. you are selling twenty thousand toys a year now. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, it's I mean, kind of scary of when you, you in say it, like yard that. In your bed, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And and while I think that you know you have a, an advantage that you um, you have these women who have a great need for the jobs that you provide and so that's wonderful you also have a huge disadvantage in the fact that you are based in istanbul and so it's you know we talked before we went live here about some of the struggles that you have like this simply changing a credit card in a facebook ad account gets you shut down for a <laughs> week or you know when banks don't like uh you know they because you are a virtual business it was harder to get registered it was harder to get a banking arrangement all those things those were real struggles and so I think that the what what and now and
1: now COVID and I'm not able to hop on a plane and come to the U.S. and
0: solve whatever needs to be solved I'm stuck I can't What's so amazing and that's something that people can uh, repeat when they're listening to this and think about okay I am a maker you know I have this constant war going on in my uh, in my world for my time do I spend my time making do I spend my time selling if I spend my time selling I can't make enough if I spend my time making. I can't sell enough. And what I love, and I think it's available to all of us, it's just a little bit different when you're in Istanbul, is I love the fact that you uh, solve the problem in a really organic way and you're providing work for women who really need that flexibility that you offer. Because when people uh, come to you, and I know you have now a large number of your workforce are actually displaced people. Mm -hmm refugees from syria and so you uh like you tick all the boxes they come to you you train them yeah yeah you... they do have some basic skills in, in knit
1: and crochet but of course we have techniques we have to comply to safety standards especially toys are highly regulated so we, we there's a lot of processes they, they have to get training so yes it's it's easier for us to get them in, train them and give them the work. Yeah,
0: yeah. but the other thing that you do is you provide options for them so you, they can bring their children to work. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, that was the
1: whole purpose of the workshop. Uh, I mean, I am a mom of three and I've been doing all my runs with the kids, children, especially the second and the third one. Uh, my daughter was almost born in the workshop. <laughs> um, so the idea was to allow women, um, to come with their little ones so that this space where they're going to be working is going to be, first of all, a safe space, only women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and second of all, that we would be able to get the kids, kiddos in as well, because they don't have support. They don't have childcare. There is no early, uh, you know, preschools and, and, and so on and so on. All the way up until age five, it's entirely on the mom to take care of her family and of her kids. At age five, they can go to school. So most of those women they have two, three, four um, under five, and they cannot do anything. So the idea is so that they can bring them in and then we set up a nice area, which is a playground which the, where the kiddos can play, where the moms are working for like an hour, two hours, three hours. how how however long. Uh, it's possible and then they can take their work home as well
0: yeah so you made it because I don't
1: care if they work from eight to five
0: right seriously
1: I am not working from eight to five yeah you know I do like three shifts split (laughs) during the day (laughs) one very early in the morning one during the day and one very late at night so and the other
0: thing you do which is just uh, I think is just so amazing is that uh, particularly because you have this common bond with them, even though you might not be uh, from the same culture, is uh, that you've been able to get so much help for them. Like you uh, have special boxes for them on holidays. You've brought people in to help them assimilate into uh, into the culture there and help them with banking and finance and all that sort of thing. And so really, you've created quite a loyal workforce, I think, because they know that even though it might not be, well, actually, I suppose a lot of them can't make money elsewhere, there may not be a lot of other opportunities. But even if there was another opportunity, they get so much more with you than just a job. Yes,
1: the, the bond goes way beyond, uh, you know, boss employee and work relationship but also that's because we're moms and we have our kids playing and we work together we socialize we talk Um, so yeah it it creates something a lot a lot stronger and I always feel like I want to do a little bit more than just you know issuing them a a check or wire the money on their bank accounts So um, there's a lot of amazing NGOs here helping us on the ground like the Turkish Red Crescent or uh, UNHCR or or other great NGOs. So I'm trying to bring a lot of different programs also inside of the workshop, because we have the space, we have the people, we have the audience and it's just easy to add this on top and create more than just a, a, a business
0: exchange you know give me a toy I'm gonna to give you money yeah so so cool and it's opened a lot of opportunities for you personally I think so
1: and it it get it got me extremely humble I believe because those women are, those women are just amazing
0: yeah
1: they're just they're just so strong and so resilient and I'm not only talking about the refugees you know since the Syrian crisis started we decided to integrate refugee women and mostly Syrian refugee women into our uh, workshop because they do live in the same neighborhoods as the other disadvantaged women we we're working with so they're neighbors so why not one why not the other yeah and you know the crafts and, and especially crochet is something you can do without a language So even if they don't speak Turkish and even if they don't speak English and I don't speak Arabic, (laughs) we managed to uh, get some help, of course, for the first introduction and and, and for some translation. But then later
0: on, we managed to have a relationship and work without the words. We don't need that. Amazing. So everyone's going to be shocked when they hear how many women you employ.
1: Uh, We're about 120 right now.
0: Yeah, And we have one guy. One guy. <laughs> yay! Well, I know this because you made some masks, some face masks for me at Sock Doggo. And uh, you sent me the, the sample picture. And I'm like, wait, wait, th- this is a dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? what, what? <laughs> yes. I thought this was the knitting moms. What's going on? This is a picture of a, a guy at your workshop.
1: Well, Susan Bradley once told me you have to work on your business more, and not in your business so much, so I had to get help That's and you know in living in in Turkey in this more patriarchal uh society uh having a guy who must have sometimes you need that you know male uh help and presence and and he's a wonderful feminist, totally feminist uh, uh uh, young man, which I I really love dearly, and so he helps me with all the sourcing, all the first visits to factories, and and because there are some places uh, like I would go, I'm sure if my husband knew about those places, like he wouldn't let me go.
0: <laughs> oh, so now
1: so I'm I'm, go. So now I'm not going. So now I'm
0: not going alone. What's his name, Ber- Bertrand? Berkan. Berkan. So you take yeah. him with you.
1: To I'm things. taking him with, with me or I send him beforehand to scout and then we can go together and, 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 you know, find some new factories or find some good deals or source some materials or... Uh, Whatever, whatever.
0: Because some people, and I didn't, uh, I think this is a whole nother episode. So you are very resourceful at building a team that can uh, put your dreams in place as far as being a maker. But what many people won't know is that you also have this other business that you call Sector 7, which Mm -hmm. actually makes products for other companies. And you actually have made products for many of our inner circle members as well as me. And um, which is just amazing. And I think we need a whole nother episode on on that for sure. But I know that when you switched from being a mission just to sell toys (laughs) to this social mission, it really did take over. And now you I know you wake up every morning thinking about how uh, you can not only keep your your ladies working, but also uh, add more people to that list exactly
1: so now now we have something working we have a proven model uh we start making money the the next goals are to growing the team and growing the team of of women providing more and more work for women
0: yeah and you're not even talking about all the amazing things that you've done i i can't remember what the event was that you went to in geneva but how you sold out like immediately, all
1: your toys? Uh, Geneva was my one of my dreams come true. Uh, I mean, I, I have always been an activist and a human rights believer uh-huh. and, and from my very young age, uh, but it was kind of slipping and it was kind of put there on the side. So because we are working with a lot of refugee women, we are part of a UNHCR-sponsored initiative. Uh, where we make a special line of toys which are sold under their uh, own uh, label and i get invited for the international refugee forum in geneva in 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 the big palace where you know so many so many so many many things happened in that place like all those uh, big things were signed and so on so it was all the heads of states there was a big big conference there and we had our stands and we put our toys in front and we said, we're from Turkey. We're working with Syrian refugees. This is what we're doing. And people would just come over and buy. Uh, but not any people. Those are the people who are actually advancing human rights and who are advancing big things in the, uh, on this planet. For me, so it, it was a big honor and it was a big privilege to be there. And on top of that, selling all the stuff well, we wrote.
0: <laughs> Send me a picture yes. of you is standing in an empty booth. <laughs> amazing, amazing. So I have to tell you all, um, really, if, you, if you're listening to this and inspired by the story, it's not just the story of uh, these wonderful women that are making these toys for us. You, you got to know the toys are amazing. They are absolutely adorable. They are totally handmade. They could be in any high-end boutique anywhere in the world. I have some for my grandchildren and I know you're coming out with a new design that is being pre-ordered right now a mermaid yeah beautiful tell me um tell me what's next for baby moss so what uh, and I'm going to encourage everyone tell them babymoss.com right yes exactly babymoss.com where yeah. you can see How long does all it the... take to get an order to the U.S. I feel like it's a very oh, it's like
1: I, oh, it's super fast we work with DHL uh so in three days three four days max you get your orders
0: yeah yeah and the other thing i think that you have that is absolutely beautiful are these prints that match the toys that Mm -hmm. people can uh order to go along with the toys and they're great for uh decorating a nursery wall exactly and it's one of the women who draw them for me oh is it it. yes
1: they were made out of uh hand-drawn aquarelles. Oh, wow. Uh, watercolors. So she, she, took, she took her watercolors, she did them, we scanned them, and we print them uh, on recycled paper. And uh, we make those prints for, for nurs- nurseries to go with the, with the toys. It's so
0: talented. Yeah. Okay, so what's next for Baby Moss? What's 2021 going to bring?
1: 2021, well, we're going to fulfill from within the United States. <gasps>
0: oh, wow. <laughs> that was a goal of yours. You were such a problem. Yes. Though. You just always have a list, and you're ticking it off. So, in 2021, your orders will be fulfilled from within the U.S. Exactly. Which will cut down on the shipping cost and the yes. uh,
1: I mean, as much as I love DHL and they're amazing company and they're working very well, they cost an arm and a leg, Uh, especially from Turkey to the U.S. Yeah. Um. So the idea is to ship bulk shipments and fulfill from within the u.s and also because i'm being a bit of a you know green person the carbon footprint of each and and every single shipment we do one by one from turkey to the u.s is is something i don't really like so i've been looking into how to cut the carbon for footprint Uh, and this is one of the ways is to ship one big shipment to the u.s and then ship from within the u.s and then also get rid of the logistics. Oh, all the customs forms and the... Yeah, I I think for all the people and, and a lot of makers will agree with me, the shipping part of the orders, <laughs> as much as we're happy getting those orders, you know, the printing the labels, the packing yeah. the stuff, the getting it to the post office or, you know, having somebody pick it up. It's yeah. a huge, huge headache. Yeah. So uh, I want to outsource that.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, I think that that's so true. And uh, we squeak back in the day, of course, we had our own warehouse and we shipped it ourselves. And what a difference when you uh when you move to three p l and that's all those people do. They are so much more efficient they make fewer mistakes when they exactly make a mistake it's their problem, not yours. <laughs> it's, I think that's super smart. Wow, I am so good you know just so excited, so glad I get to work with you so um encouraged by the work you do as you know as soon as i was able to uh see a path to uh support your business yes thank
1: you so much for your support and i i can tell you uh that i wouldn't be here today if it wasn't one for you pushing me telling me like you are selling in the u.s you have to establish a u.s business and also the inner circle because of what is happening in there and all the people helping one another
0: and help. yeah you're getting a lot of clients i guess in there aren't you that that too, <laughs> the that too but, and the help yeah for sure but the
1: lessons and and also you you know i mean i am not a computer literate person
0: not at all
1: <laughs> i am a maker i am a crafter i can designer exactly i can design things running a website and running a successful e-commerce business is something you have to learn. Yeah. So I, I did learn a lot from, from you oh, guys and really from, from the inner circle. Uh, so I'm very grateful for that.
0: Listen, I want to thank you for, for sharing baby moss with us. And uh, we definitely have to have you back and we'll talk about Sector 7 another day because that's a whole nother can of worms. Uh, but listen, guys, check Isabella out. If you need gifts for the holiday season, I would really encourage you to go there. They are absolutely beautiful. It, your, my order came in no time, and uh, it's just—it's just really lovely. It's a lovely product. So it's BabyMoss.com. Go find your favorite. We'll see you soon. Thank you well, so much. Thank Isabella. you so much. Thank Bye. you. Hey, listen. If you like what we're working on here at the Roadmap to Fifty K and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our Inner Circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way, and you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the Inner Circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results, and because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one with you and we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to thesocialsalesgirls.com forward slash inner dash circle and get on the wait list.